Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and I am joined, as always, by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We have a fun podcast here for you. We're going to talk a little free agency. And Joe also has a special one-on-one interview with Mike Knubel, the former Flyer whose son just got drafted by the Flyers in the fourth round. So some great stuff there. Stay tuned. That's coming right up. But first, Joe, let's get into the free agency period. The Flyers added not- – the names that are notable that the Flyers added were Garnet Hathaway, Mark Stahl, and Ryan Paling. They were not expected to be major players in free agency, and they were not a lot of short-term deals. I- and I think just solid support and depth for the team. What did you think of the, of the Flyers' moves and how they made out in free, free agency? Well, I-, I wasn't surprised by the – lack of activity, let's say, because I really think that we all knew and John Tortorella's told us whenever there was a mic in uh, in front of him that subtraction was going to be a huge thing for this team. And that's what we've gotten. We got some trades. um, But in terms of the return, there wasn't much. It was more about shedding salary, um, shedding some veteran players to teams that maybe think they're closer and setting this team up for the future. And that's, I think what we got now, one concern I seem to see uh, around social media when you brought up more so the Garnet Hathaway signing than Mark Stahl is that Garnet Hathaway is going to be in the way of one of the kids or, you know, somebody's progression. The thing I will say about that is you can't go into a hockey season and have only kids playing for your team. You just can't. You can't do it. Um, You need to have veteran players on the team because the young kids, they learn how to play from the veterans. They learn the league. They learn the ropes. You can't just go in and say, we're going to plug in all these different young kids with minimal to no experience into the lineup and just say, go. That's not how it works. None of the guys that are veterans now came up that way. You can't do it that way. Hathaway's been a part of successful teams. He knows what it takes to win in this league. Mark Stahl, successful teams, knows what it takes to win in this league. Um, So I think those are valuable pieces. And look, the Flyers are not in win-now mode. They're not. So let's say Garnet Hathaway plays well. Maybe you trade him at the deadline and get another asset. Uh, Same could be said for Mark Stahl. Maybe you trade him at the trade deadline during the season and get another asset. 
So I do feel like, and this is probably left over from the previous regime, that there is a there's some lingering snap reaction to be to think immediately negative about the moves they make. The Hathaway one is the one I'm referring to. So what I would say is you cannot, you just can't put a team of guys. If you're trying to find out of certain guys and the, where Hathaway plays in the lineup, the players that would play down there, the young guys, those are players that you probably don't know if they're NHL players yet. So you can't just go into a season and play guys in your bottom six that are going to be borderline NHL players. That just – it doesn't work that way. And um, so I think that's what those moves were all about. They were about pushing this team forward, uh, low risk with potential reward signings. And, you know, they're doing what John Tortorella talked about and then what Danny Briere and Keith Jones echoed – when, on the day they got hired, that this was going to take some work. They have started the work, and the number one thing they had to do was subtract some pieces, and that, I think, is what the headlines of free agency trades and all this sort of stuff became. And, obviously, the draft picks are with the future in mind. One of the most important aspects to the Flyers' rebuild is going to be player development, is how quickly – their younger players develop and putting them in the right environment to do so. So while they are rebuilding and they're not expecting to win these younger players and guys that they're hoping are foundation pieces need to develop. So you need to support them. (laughs) It's important to give them some veterans, some guys who have been through different experiences, because as you alluded to Joe, they're not just going to go out there and do it on their own. I remember James Van Reems like telling me guys like Aaron Asham and Wayne Simmons gave him so much more room on the ice, not just because they were enforcers, but they were like physical players that had presence and they allowed a more of a finesse playmaker like James Van Reems, like guy that's a guy that wants to put up points and is expected to, to give him more room and to make him feel more comfortable on the ice. I think players like Hathaway will do that. He's a solid bottom six guy. That's tough. He's going to be in your face a little bit. He's going to four check. He'll do certain things. Do I think be an important presence for younger players? Mark Stahl's a veteran that's been around forever. 128 playoff games of experience could be a very good mentor for a number of young defensemen on the team. Important players like Cam York, Zamula, Ronnie Adder, so on and so forth. And add to that that he played for Torts, and so, he has played for John Tortorella. So it could yeah. be a very good yeah liaison between player and coach. So I think the biggest thing to me was. None of these deals are long-term. They're all short-term. The longest one is Hathaway at two years. Paling and Stahl are one year. None of them have trade protection. So if these guys fare well, uh, they could be really attractive at the trade deadline. And at the same time, they're going to be good support beams, I think, for some of the younger players and the rebuild. So I really had no problem with any of them. Uh, I think the key will be making sure they do not block the kids. I mean – I don't think Stahl should be playing on your top pair. I don't think Hathaway should probably be playing in your top six. If it gets to that point, um, that's when I think it might be a concern. But I don't feel like any of these additions are going to turn the Flyers into a playoff contender or have them in the thick of the race, which is probably what the Flyers didn't really want to do. So all in all, I, I thought it, they made out fine, Joe. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. And um, I mean, of course, there were a lot more things that rumored and talked about that a- than actually happened. Um, seems like a lot of that might have been because Tory Krug wouldn't waive his no movement clause with St. Louis, or else maybe some more would have happened. But yeah, I, I don't think you can be upset about this. We all know where this team is. They've told you where the team is. The message is consistent, which is different from the previous regime. The message on every level is consistent with this team. And that's all you can really ask for, I think. Exactly. And if they committed four years to one of these players, like maybe even a Hathaway, I would have been like, well, why? That that could block some people. Um, that could be something that could uh, could be a speed bump later on when you're trying to to get younger and, and clear cap and et cetera. But they didn't. Uh, a lot of short-term deals. I thought they made out okay. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, Joe, yeah, Jordan, I- I, Jordan, if I could just bring up one thing – the one thing I would say that is a bit of a concern for me after this free agency period where trades happen and things is Travis Sanheim's name was dangled out there. Um, whether it be rumor, I, we don't know how much of this was truthful, but Sanheim is starting a long contract. And if he was dangled out there, you got to figure it's tough to come into a situation where you know they tried to trade you and how he responds to that coming back after an off season where that happened, that to me is interesting with a side of concern. I'll say, Um, you know, because it's tough when guys names start getting floated out there. And then if there's any smoke or if there's any fire behind the smoke, and the player knows it and finds it out, um, that's – I mean, just think about it. If you – and I'm not saying Sandheim's not wanted, but let's say you found out you weren't wanted somewhere. It's a tough atmosphere to go into. And he's a professional, and all these guys have been through this kind of stuff at some level, if not already at the NHL. And I and I think that would – that's a um, – it's a hurdle for him to overcome, I think. And, uh, you know, we'll see how he answers that. But that was one thing that stood out to me where it was like, it's tough because you're just hitting that extension now that he signed before last season. And, um, you know, if if he was out there in trade talks, I know it's part of the business, but you'd imagine it's a little bit of a challenge for him to mentally get past that that part of it. I think players are definitely privy to what's out there, but I definitely think they take rumors with a grain of salt. They, they don't know what's exactly being said or rumored. But nonetheless, I definitely think it's a big year for Travis Sandheim uh, because, as you mentioned, Joe, first year of a big deal. Uh, he's still here. He wasn't moved. And he's coming off a year in, in which was disappointing in many people's eyes. So I think there's a lot to prove. And perhaps he can – kind of change the narrative, change the narrative about him actually being a piece to this moving forward because his age isn't terrible and he does a lot of things well. I think people just need to see it more consistently 
And now he's got the contract with the new trade clause. So a lot of things there to watch with Travis Sanheim and definitely one of the bigger storylines, I think, in this offseason and one going into uh, training camp as well. But, Joe, as we know, the team was also really, really busy at the NHL draft, 10 picks uh, in Nashville. And one of them was a very, very familiar name in Cole Knubel, uh, Mike Knubel's son. Uh, very cool to see Cole Knubel drafted in the fourth round, a forward that's going to be headed to Notre Dame, um, a kid that went undrafted last draft. Here's his name called this time, and it's by a team his dad played for. So a really neat story. Knubel right now is competing at development camp in Voorhees, where he actually grew up a little bit. Joe, you got a chance to catch up with Mike Knubel and talk all about his son. Let's get into that interview. We hope you enjoy, fans. I have to start by asking you, when you hear your son's name called and when you see it there next to the Flyers logo, what was that moment like for you and your family? Well, it's certainly an amazing time. It's been like a two-year process. Like, you know, he played in Fargo, North Dakota. You know, he made that choice to make a sacrifice to go out and play in the USHL, and, and which is his path, and give up his junior year of high school and senior year of high school to go out there and play. And so last year he was eligible to be drafted, and he wasn't drafted, and it was very, like, hurtful to all of us, frankly. You know, it was really like a kick in the gut, you know, and – and it really crushed him. He ended up going to Detroit's development camp after, but um, certainly launched him for the next season for, for this past season that, you know, I've got to do, I got to do, you know, A, B and C better here. And we got some feedback on what it was. So, um, you know, but then it comes down through the day and there's, you know, through the day of the draft and then you're super nervous. And, uh, you know, it's kind of Danny took me off real quick. You know, I saw the flyers come on the board at hundred. I was going to start paying attention uh, you know, starting around, you know, like 80s, 90s, 100s, I'm going to start watching a little bit closer. But, you know, I saw flyers up and and then Danny like uh, popped a text on my phone saying welcome aboard. And then, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty exciting after that. That's that's really cool. So in the pre-draft process, did you talk to Danny and, jo- and Jonesy or any combination? Uh, any of the Flyers scouts, Brett Flair, any, did they talk to you at all about Cole's playing style and, or anything like that? Yeah. So, well, two things regarding this. So probably the week before they had the Flyers alumni golf outing, you know, and so there's a lot of people around and I talked briefly with Jonesy and he's new to the job and, you know, you know, we talked, he said, uh, Oh, you know, I know guys like your son, but that's just kind of like run of the mill chatter though, really, you know, it's kind of, for the guys I know, they don't really say too much. It's very interesting, even though they're your friend, like they're, you know, it's their business and they're not going to say very much at all. And because nobody wants to make promises or lead you down a road where, you know, where something can go crazy and it doesn't happen. And now you're, everybody's all upset, you know, but so uh, he did meet, he did go, uh, Cole did go to the NHL combine, which was two or three weeks previous, kind of like middle of June there. And, uh, and met with nine teams there and the Flyers were one of them. And he's, you know, I said, how was your meeting? And, you know, Danny asked him some questions that would it mean more, you know, and Cole's like, well, I kind of grew up around it, you know, and, 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 you know, I knew, you know, uh, you know, flyers were a big part of our family for a long time, you know? So it was <clears throat> all that. It's just kind of like, it's just talk and chatter. So it's hard to put much, put much stock in it, but I mean, so there was, there was a normal like connection, but nothing like too crazy. So the draft happens a little under two weeks ago, Cole gets drafted by the Flyers. And then this week he's in developmental camp 
sure. at the practice facility where you used to practice with the Flyers. Has this been kind of a surreal couple of weeks going from not knowing where he's playing and now all of a sudden he's practicing on the same ice that you practiced on when you were playing for the Flyers? I know. it's. I think, well, yeah, a couple of things. One, it's just a, a gigantic um, relief, you know, that this whole thing is over. And instead of worrying about 32 teams and this and that, you're just now not worried about one, which is good. And then to have it kind of almost be at, you know, like a, a team. I mean, I guess I've said this a couple of times. I did play for five teams, so the odds are it could have been one of them, you know, but certainly it's exciting and, and helps with that little familiarity, uh, you know, of people. And like, for example, we visited with our old neighbors, went over there for dinner. It's just little stuff like that, you know, that if, if you know he's in a jam, there's lots of people around and, and, and people that worked, you know, there when I was there. So it's, it's good. Like you just get, you can get answers real quick. If you ever have questions, you can, you know, who to call or whatever, even regarding travel, getting them there, you know, you, you, you know, it's just little things like that. So for us, it's, uh, it's, it's got a little bit of a family there. Now with the new guys that are hired into, you know, the guys I've played with, I played with Patrick, played with Danny, you know, uh, and Jonesy, uh, you know, had me on my recruiting trip at Western Michigan way back in the early nineties. So it's just guys, you know, and, but it's at the end of the day, all that, you know, people, there's no favoritism here. It's, it's, you know, these guys are doing a job and they're trying their goals to make the flyers better. And I'm glad they feel that Cole could be a part of it. And that's the most important thing. I know when Cole got drafted, just looking at the news reports and, and talking to people and it kind of was like, Oh, did you, you see, they drafted Mike Knubel's son. Yeah. Talking about the Flyers fans and the family atmosphere around this team and just how cool it is now that Cole gets to be part of that, because if he gets to the big club one day, you got to imagine the fans are going to they're going to recognize the family lineage with the team. And that has to be a cool thing. You know, the proof is going to be in Cole's work in the next three years and four years or whatever. And and. I just hope he keeps evolving and uh, as a player, keep developing. I, I, he's got the work ethic that he's going to, and he plays with like kind of a, you know, chip on his shoulder like that, like, you know, like me against you and me against the world a little bit. And I think that benefits him, you know, because he was passed over for stuff and it kind of just keeps egging him on, you know, it just gives him that fuel. And so, you know, he would be, should he make it there, should he be fortunate, which is so incredibly difficult. He's a type of player that Philly fans would like because, He's going to stick his nose in there. He's going to get involved and, and he's still, but you know, at the same time, not soft, you know? And so he'll, he'll stick his nose in there and, 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 you know, hack and whack. And, and, and he's seen some of the ways I've been successful and he's a much different player, but I still think he can bring some of that element, you know, of being on the inside. He knows the importance of that. And like, you know, where goals are scored these days. And that's, basically a 10 foot circle around the net and there's no scoring unless you go in that area. And so he's smart enough to do that. And, and, you know, at the same time, he's, he can run a power play. He's very cerebral. He's very, very smart. And he's great hockey sense. So I think he, if he does get there and four, you know, four or five years, sometime the minors, then, you know, I think the fans would embrace him. So can you talk a little bit about what, what this next step looks like for him and, what is going to be the thing that if he makes to the NHL, what is going to be the thing that gets him there? Yeah, I think I touched on that. So, I mean, his development process will be at Notre Dame. Um, you know, the Flyers will keep watching him, you know, uh, and, and they'll pop in and probably see him a couple, two, three times a year. I would imagine in probably two seasons or so, they'll 
talk internally a little bit, kind of like, well, is this a guy that we think we can sign? Let's watch him a little closer, start talking to him a little bit more. You know, is this guy we could sign for, you know, NHL deal or, you know, and, and, and do we see that possible, you know? And so um, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of watch closer progress. And then maybe probably after his third year, you know, there might be some, hopefully Cole does enough there in Notre Dame where he's, he puts himself into that position where there's some serious talks, you know, after his third year, much like Ronnie Adder came out of Western Michigan. I use Ronnie's example because he played with my older son at Western Michigan. I got to know him a little bit. So kind of watch him progress and, and work through the flyer system and seeing Shell Samuelson at Western. Every time I go to Western, Shell Samuelson was there watching. So they're, you know, they, they do have the people out there watching and, and, and get some guidance and work with Notre Dame and how to, how to develop this player. So it's, it's a ways to go, you know, and that's these draft picks. They have a ways to go and it could be three, four or five years before they ever don a Jersey. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a long ways to go, but again, it, it when, when he gets there, we touched on it earlier. He's going to be a guy that uh, has skill and sticks his nose in there and, and, and put a, put a flyer Jersey on and, and a blue collar lunch, you know, lunch, bring, I'm bringing my lunchbox to work here and, and mentality and, and, and go and, and, and be the best player you could be for the flyers. So one last one for you. I have to imagine the Notre Dame experience coming up has to be a, a cool one to look forward to. Um, they're always near the top of the rankings and just getting to go to that campus and, and play there for that team is going to have a lot of eyes on them. I know they get, they get a really good amount of TV time. Um, their games are on. So um, he's got to be really, and, and your whole family has to really be looking forward to that experience. I would imagine. Yeah, he, he had, a, he was very fortunate. He had a lot of places he could go. Um, I think him going out to Fargo when he was going through the recruiting process, um, you know, he realized, okay, I'm going to get back to the Midwest. We're, you know, we're kind of, we're in Michigan. So it's like, it's big 10, you know, kind of big 10, big campuses and stuff like that. Even though Notre Dame's not a huge campus, it's still, you know, hockey's in the big 10, their football is speaks for themselves and the campus is absolutely gorgeous. And especially this time of year, if you've never been to South Bend and people are like, ah, oh, South Bend, but if you're passing through on the way to Chicago, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous campus. Uh, and and the, the, the architecture and everything. And, and he's already been down there for a few weeks and he's fallen in love with it. So yeah, they get a lot of attention in a good way. I think they're going to be young. They got two other draft picks this year, eight in this class. Um, you know, a couple of kids from the program are coming in three kids from the U S you know, national program are coming in. So so they're, they're, they're on the upswing here a little bit, and they're going to be a little young this year, but that means good opportunity for Cole to be on the ice and grow, and, and, and that, that's important to him too. I, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to play and get a nice chunk of ice and have good players to play with. Awesome stuff from Mike Knubel with our very own Joe Fordyce. Joe, I thought that was just really neat to hear about just the story of Cole Knubel and how he had gotten to this point here and now like what's next but I never really thought about what a player goes through when they don't get drafted and how hurtful it was. I mean, credit to the kid for working on his skating and really rounding his game uh, into form to the point where teams wanted to draft him. Uh, he wasn't a sixth or seventh round pick. He went in the fourth round. Uh, good for him. W what did you think of Mike's comments? Well, I did. F I found the, ch the chip on the shoulder comment uh, very interesting, as you mentioned about you know, not having been drafted. And, and Mike talked about how, how big of a, you know, not only for Cole, but their whole family. He talked about what a disappointment that was. So, as you said, to come back and be picked in the fourth round, not like the last round or anything like that. So I think that that part stood out to me. And then just, you know, 
I, I was guilty of this myself. When I see Cole Knubel's drafted, I'm like, hmm. You know, I know Jonesy was part of recruiting Mike, which he alluded to in the interview, recruiting Mike to Western Michigan. And I'm thinking, hey, are we going to, you know, we're going to pick your son. And everything's like this happy, happy, joy, joy thing. But Mike talked about it in there. He was clear. Like, it was really just surface level conversations before they picked him. And I think that's really cool that it happened that way and not so much where, you know, there's not like, um, I don't know if nepotism is the right word because my, it's Mike Knubel is not working for the Flyers right now. But, you know, it's 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 not about his last name. It's about his ability. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Mike, too, talked about his work, Cole's work ethic and what it was going to take for him to make the NHL. And it kind of seemed his words kind of seemed similar to the words we've been hearing from Danny Briere about this team's trajectory. It seems right in line with Cole Knubel. If he's going to make the NHL, the Flyers and and Cole are going to be going this way all at the same time. So that would be really cool to see them both kind of reach where they want to be at the same time. I think that'd be a really cool story. And, um, uh, and I asked them about that there, how surreal it's been to see, you know, within two weeks time, from not knowing where you're playing to being drafted by the Flyers, and then he's practicing on the ice that you practiced on during your career with yeah. one of the five teams that Mike played for. So really, definitely really cool couple weeks for them. And, uh, you know, we hope the best for Cole. And there really is zero nepotism involved here. I mean, the Flyers passed on him last draft. Like, they could have easily plucked mm-hmm. him in the sixth or seventh round. They, they felt his skating was an issue. Brent Flair mentioned – that they felt his, his skating was flawed and he had to work on it. And Brent Flair said he worked his butt off and is now a pretty good skater. And I've seen him at development camp. He moves really well. I mean, you can tell the kid worked on it. If that was an issue, <clears throat> it doesn't look like one now. Um, and it's funny. He really looks like his dad, which is cool to see up close, to see the face. Um, and he talked about at development camp, growing up and remembering things like the orange and the black song that they play after wins he mentioned the Pico power play that Lou Nolan always announces. He's like, is that still a thing? We were like, yeah, it's still a thing. So you can definitely tell some memories are kind of flooding back, um, which is really cool for Cole Knubel. And definitely, I think, a player that's going to be worth following at Notre Dame. Um, a cool kid, cool story. And the fact that uh, his dad played here makes it even sweeter. A very Absolutely. cool thing. Well, Joe, thank you so much. Really enjoyed my Knubel interview. And uh, really appreciate you coming on and talking a little free agency. We'll have plenty more to cover this offseason. We'll tackle it all right here on the Flyers Talk podcast. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.